I can see it. <laughs> you can see it. What's up? Well, yo, what's up? What's up? Yo. Um, Brooklyn Blast Furnace Isolation Sessions Volume 11 with my man, Zach Jordan. Bane. What's up? Silent Drive. I'll throw them out there. Uh, hell yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. You forgot about them? <laughs> no, no, absolutely not. Nobody, lets me, let, nobody fucking lets me forget about them. Not that I want to anyway, but... No, nah, you don't want to forget about <laughs> them, man. Well, listen, just to tell the people that are listening and watching, obviously we're not live, but I'm going to put this up on, you know, the date that we spoke about. Um, we've been trying to get together forever to try to do this one-on-one. <laughs> it's been years. It's, it's literally been at least like two years. Last time I saw you in person was at This Is Hardcore 2017. Uh, yeah, that was the year that 10 yard fight played. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So that's, yeah, that's the last time I, I was there. I've been on tour with different bands ever since. So I know I we'll see get, that you're all over the place. Yeah, dude. It's been crazy. Yeah. That's good though. I see you. You're like over here. You're, you're, you're all over the place with, whether it's with code orange or like 19 other bands, which is awesome. Yeah. Like, <laughs> even though you're currently not in a touring band, you're still all over the road. Yeah, man. I, I really, it's crazy, man, because in, so 2016 is when Bane broke up and I was there I, I, at that. Yeah. At that point I had, I really thought that was it. And I was like, well, I'm home. I had like the most insane run ever. And I will just like chill the fuck out and be an adult now, you know, in my brain, my brain was like, yeah, all right. Like, I guess that's the next step. And, yeah. uh, I don't know. We'll we'll get into how I got back on the road if you want later. Yeah, yeah, man. We'll talk about whatever. Absolutely. Yeah, dude. Yeah, um, so 2017 at This Is Hardcore. Yeah, it's the last time I saw you. Yeah, you were walking out the back and you walked, you, you saw me. I saw you went, hi. I was like, yo, what's going on? And then, of <laughs> course, it was kind of fresh, the breakup and the, the end of Bane. So, of course, yeah. I have to ask you the question because you're standing in front of me. You know, I was, you know, what's going on? And, you know, it's kind of like, eh. and at the time, I don't know if, if time passed and feelings were different, but at that time, I might have asked you if you would want to do the podcast. I think I probably did. And then you had, you, I don't, I'm not going to quote you because I don't remember exactly what you said, but you were still like a little bit pissed off. About the ending of Bane or about yeah. just doing anything? Yeah, man. I was one of the ones that was very bitter at the end. Yeah. I, uh, but, you know, bitter about the breakup. I, I, went, I went kicking and screaming in the sense that, like, I, it was never my idea to break up. It was never something that I wanted to do. I guess, you know, in reality, I knew that it was going to end at some point. Um, but yeah, I mean, 
yeah, at that point it was pretty fresh. And uh, yeah, that's what uh, I was saying. Uh, I, that's why I don't know if it's you know. Well, at that time I had probably told you that. I, I didn't know if I'd have much good, you know, many good things to say about everything, you know? Right. And, and it wasn't that I left on bad terms with any of the band members. We all loved each other. And when that final show happened, man, so it had, so two final shows, right? So the 17th and the 18th, the 17th at the end of that show, man, I was a fucking wreck. I went home. I cried. The girl I was with at the time, I was like, you're going to have to put me in a fucking mental you know like i'm gonna lose my mind when this is all over tomorrow and then the 18th came and it, i mean it, it it couldn't have been any more perfect man between mm. the palladium between the palladium being awesome everybody there from all over the world being just there and so in it and i just looked out as we were playing and i was like we couldn't have asked for a better ending than this and you know, like it's just, it was just the best send off. And I walked away from that. I don't, I don't even know if at the end of that show, if I even cried, you know, I looked around, my other band members are crying. People are crying all over the stage. And if you were there, there's hundreds of people on the stage, you know, Dude. <laughs> Every, everyone's crying. And I just got this overwhelming feeling of love and it just took over any sadness I had. Yeah. But I was, I was still just, you know, I mean, as that's, you know, I was fine. I knew I was going to be okay now. You know, it was like, I couldn't have asked for anything more with that band. It was fucking perfect. And, but, you know, I, I was just still like, I don't know, probably in 2017, I was just tired of like the questions and tired of, of yeah. you know, oh, you know, oh, people already were like, when's this going to happen again, man? Like, you know, like when are you going to get back together? When are you going to get back together? And, you know, at that point I was like, oh, fuck that. Like, like we're done. Like I'm not doing it because I didn't want to break this up. And now, you know, like, I don't know, but then it was done and I dealt with it. And I, I mourned through the loss of that relationship in my life, which is, I mean, that band became like a marriage to me. I was in it for more than half of my life over yeah. 20 years, Sick. you know, over 20 years. And, uh, you know, which is an insane run. It, so yeah. I don't know, but, but it, but it was real. <laughs> it was it was just a life changing thing, and uh, I don't know. I just never had never gone through that before. Of you know, course, as far not. As that well, band, like you uh, said, it's, yeah. it's more than half of your life, and that's that's a pretty pretty heavy thing to deal with, dude. Yeah, man. You know? I don't know. Like it, it's such a weird. Like the ending of Bane is so weird because it's it's not. You're, if you talk to the other guys, you're going to get, I, I'm excited to listen at how many different stories you get about the ending, you know, because it wasn't like we hated each other. I'm excited fucking, to hear this too. Yeah. We fucking loved the music still. We yeah. loved playing more than anything. And we loved being out there hanging with our friends every day in every city that we went to. So there was really no reason for us to break up, but yeah. we kind of called it too early. And, um, you know, dude, some people were having kids and, you know, people were becoming adults and some guys wanted to do it more full-time than others. And it was kind of like, well, you know, the full-time guys were, were kind of like, well, like we want to fucking do it. So either you're in or you're out. And those part-time guys were like, well, I guess we better kind of plan this ending. Yeah. 
And was it more like it was, it was, I don't know who you're talking about. And I'm sure as this whole Bane series goes on, I'll probably yeah. that out. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm was it more afraid. like all or nothing type thing from a couple of guys? Yeah. So it was basically like, it was basically like some guys saying, Bane, like, so Bane was everybody's life. But then when you have kids, it's understandably those kids are going to be uh, much more of a priority than Bane of is. Of course, be, it's a life change. You know? Yeah. And, uh, and so, uh, you know, those people needed to slow down and they needed to be home for their kids. I am the first person in the band to have ever said, if, like, you know, we would watch, to, like, for example, like, you know, so our bass player, Stu, that played with us for years. He, um, you know, he, I think, no, Bobby, our drummer, he had a, he had, he was the first one with a child, but he was super cool with kind of stepping back and being like, I understand you guys need to do what you need to do. You know, I, I will go when I can. And, uh, when I can't, you know, uh, you can f- have a fill in if you want, or we can talk about moving the tour or whatever. Right. And, and the understanding was that he was always kind of going to be our first we'd always ask him first if he could do it he could um if he couldn't we'd you know kind of go to our the dudes that would play filling for bobby which ended up being nate manning from cruel hand and then nick again the dude that wrote give blood and all that shit with us yeah. actually came back for a couple of tours which was sick yeah so that always ended up working out well uh Stu took over for pete and Stu had a kid which was awesome. But when Stu joined the band, we were like, this band, this is, uh, I don't know when this is like, like after, right after the note came out. And uh, so, you know, and we were like, oh, Stu, it's probably only going to last a couple more years. Just yeah. come with us. for a And he was, oh, okay, sure. Well, then that, he was in the I band. Like, oh, five, oh, six time frame then. Yeah. Yeah. And the note came out five. Yeah. And then Pete stayed for a while after that. But I think around like 2007, you know, he was like, hey, I, I got to, I got to make money and not be a broke, broke ass dude. So, um, and so Stu stepped in, thought he was only going to be with us for a couple of years. Cause I think we probably told him we didn't think we'd last much longer. Right. And, uh, and then he was with us for like, he was with us basically until his second kid was going to be born. And he was like, uh, I, I can't put my wife through this again. Right. And, uh, and I had said to him, Dude, if I, was, if I ever had a kid, I would be the first one to bounce from this band because I wouldn't want to miss anything, you know? Of course not. And so when this, when we had the break, kind of not the breakup talk, but like where the band meeting of where this band was going to go. And uh, some dudes were like, we need to step it back and just do like three months a year, maybe, you know, maybe some years only like two months. Right. And the guys that were gun ho and just still really wanted to do it, we felt like we couldn't. We felt like we couldn't move on unless Bane was done. So we didn't want to do it half. We didn't want to do it half ass. Um, we didn't want to do it half ass. And yeah. so the, the compromise was those guys gave us, you know, the last couple of years full time and we made the best of it, I think. And, you know, you got to understand at the time of this band meeting, was kind of Bane was never a band that was good at writing records. We would, you know, we would write a record, things would be awesome. 
And then we wouldn't write another record for like five years. Just yeah. because like, because we were like, shit, we just love playing and hanging with our friends. Like yeah. we love write, we love writing music too, but we love playing and hanging with our friends. So if we can do that, we're going to do that over writing music. Yeah. But then, you know, the note was out for, what was that? Like almost 10 years, man. Like it was, yeah, it, you know, and, 05 and then Don't Wait Up came out in 2014. 2014. Yeah. So nine years, we had that one EP in the middle that was released all over the world that kind of bombed in most places. The 10 years plus EP? <laughs> yeah, whatever. The, the, one that had, <laughs> the one that had the six songs that we were like proud of, but nobody got it, you know? Right. And, um, and so like around this meeting probably happened in 2012, something like that. And, uh, or 2013, I guess. And at that point we hadn't put out a record in eight years. And like, you know, the, yeah. our popularity just was, was not where it was. And so we were like, maybe we need to talk about the next step because, you know, kids just seem to be getting sick of us. And we never wanted to be that band that overstayed our welcome. Yeah. And we knew we were becoming that band where kids were like, ah, we'll just see them next time. We'll just see right. them next time. What we didn't understand is that when you actually put out a fucking record, kids get excited again yes. and come back out to the show. Yes. And so, <laughs> and so we had said, all right, you know, well, if, if dudes, if dudes can't do this full time, maybe this is a good time to call it quits, but we can write this ending the way we want to write it. Right. We never thought it was going to take three years to write that ending. Right. But we were like, let's, let's put out, I think at the time we were just saying, let's put out one more seven inch or something like that. Let's write one more seven inch and then go out. And then we just got to writing. And before we knew it, we had like seven songs and we were like, well, we might as well write three more and, yeah. and try to put out, put out a full length. And don't wait up came out and we got, I mean, so we fun. never thought, yeah, but we never thought kids were going to like it as much as they did. We knew it was, we knew we liked it, but we went into it knowing it was going to be our last record, knowing we, that we were going to announce that we were breaking up and we didn't give a fuck what anybody else thought. We Is that why you named it Don't Wait Up? Yes. The name of that record basically was like, Don't Wait Up because we're not coming back. Like, we're not coming home. Like, that's okay. like what we pictured. Like, yeah. you know, that little, that little light on in the window of the cover. And yeah, we were like, I can't even remember the timeline if we announced that we were breaking up before the record came out or if it was after, but I think we had said, I think we had said final record or something, I don't know, something, probably probably something super, like that. Something yeah. super cheesy. Yeah. <laughs> but, well, um, yeah, well, you, you had, you had touched on, because I do have the only notes that I have here is something that I found very confusing, but I got it, but I still need to have notes. <laughs> Because uh, you said that there was the EP that dropped. Now, the, you, there's, a, there's an EP called 10 Years Plus, which came out in 06. But then you had the 2009 confusing yeah. ones. Right. So the 2009 was a, was a release of different seven inches that got released all over the world. Right. And that's where it gets murky. Right. With the names so. and everything. Now, I, I, I just yeah. got to read this because when I read <laughs> it out loud and if people aren't hip to this, it's just going to sound insane. All right. But there was three of them. One of them, each, each one, Tokyo, 7.58 a.m., 
Boston, 6.58 p.m. Los Angeles, 3.58 p.m. Right. But now, this is where it gets fucking batshit. Tokyo, 7.58 a.m. was also released as Perth, 7.58 a.m. and Curitibia, 7.58 a.m. and compiles the songs from Boston, 6.58 and Los Angeles, 3.58. Boston, 6.58 p.m. was released internationally as Dublin, 11.58 p.m. Los Angeles, 3.58 p.m. was released internationally as Rome, 12.58 p.m. It's like, okay. <laughs> dude, so, it's crazy. <laughs> so here's, so, it, so I'm assuming you don't know the story behind all of this. I don't know the exact story. Okay, I have so all, all of them. I know the material. I know, but the backstory, right. I do not know. So the backstory is that in our humongous brains, <laughs> we, we had this, so we had these six songs. Right. And um, we had this idea to release it all over the world on all of our best, fr- like all of our friends' labels. So 6131 in LA, uh, Triple B in Boston, um, Alliance Tracks in Japan. Uh, you know, it, it was just different labels all over the world. Right. Um, and so I think Hurry Up Records did the one in Dublin and right. the one in South America. And then what am I missing? I'm missing, am I missing oh. one more? The, Austra- the Australia one. Perth. Uh, oh, so, so, yeah. So, oh, yeah. So, was Ro- sorry, not, so not, was there a Dublin one too? God, now yeah. I'm confused. <laughs> yes. So, Dublin, Rome, South America, Perth, Rome. Ba- ba- right. All right. <laughs> Count it. Anyway, anyway. So, we wanted to release this all over the world with our best friends' labels. Right. We, uh, we basically went to each one and said, hey, we have these six songs. Pick which three you like the best. And, um, you know, and if those, like, say, in, in the U.S., we had Boston and L.A., we didn't want the same songs on two different seven inches. So, you know, uh, you know, Triple B took three and the other, you know, so we split them up in the U.S. And we kind of did that all over the world. So that's why some of them mock each other. Um, some of them just happen to pick, like, if, if I didn't even realize that, like, L.A., mirrors the songs on whatever it is rome or whatever um they just happen to pick those same songs and so I, I believe anyway the idea behind it was let's put this out all over the world with our best friends labels and the time stamp on it is so what is it in boston 658 boston 658 a.m no p.m p.m so at 658 boston time photographers who we were also friends with from each one of those places all over the world had to be out in their city and for one minute they could take pictures of whatever they want so they could take photos of whatever they wanted in that city that they thought represented their city or their scene or whatever and that's what the cover and the inserts of the record were going to be and so then whatever time it was in Australia at 6.58 p.m. Boston time. That was the timestamp for the Australia record. Gotcha. Same with Japan, same with LA. So that's why the times are different on there. And that's why every cover and insert is completely different. Right. At that same time, we were on tour in the U.S. I don't remember with who. 
but we had to be ready to take, there's like these cheesy pictures inside of us. And so at, at 658, we had this timer set up. We didn't even get a photographer to take them. We just had, we just had a boat, a camera set up and we just hit, you know, hit that timer button. And for a minute, we just took pictures of ourselves right. and whatever, you know, doing whatever stupid things we were doing. Right. And so that's why, you know, Japan, I think, you know, there was no place else to release it in Japan. And so he just took all six songs. I think there's like a Bjork cover on the Japan <laughs> release as well, which, uh, which our friend Daiki put out and may or may not have, I don't know if he even asked us if he could put the Bjork cover on there, but no, one, no one's come after us for it yet. Um, and I don't, that might be the only release that has all six songs on it. I'm not, yeah, maybe I I'll believe so. Maybe, Maybe Australia does too, but I can't remember. Um, anyway. There's a lot involved it. with those songs and those things. Yeah. And, and we, we loved the songs, but it just, it just didn't. People didn't, you know, it became a collector's item. People right. didn't receive it like we thought. You know, and, and I don't know. You write, if you're a hardcore band, you write songs so that kids can get into it and sing along and stuff like that. You know, right. uh, they don't listen to it if it's just sitting on their shelf. Right. then the sing-alongs don't happen so you have all copies of it yourself don't you uh i yeah probably i don't know i i you know for years i tried to collect as much bane stuff as i possibly could and then i just kind of looked down at these tubs of t-shirts and you know you guys presses made and, a ton of fucking merch dude. dude yeah i mean you have to understand that a lot in this, like in this more band. than anybody I can think of off the top of my head, like <laughs> hardcore band. Maybe, yeah. But we were all, you know, like in '95 when we got together, it was like we're a hardcore band. We hardcore bands last two years. Like, let's have a good two year. You know, like even our previous bands that we were in, they didn't last longer than two years. Yeah. You know, so it was just like what we thought was going to happen. Youth of Today, Girl Business, like all those bands lasted two years. Yeah. You know, and. And so we didn't, you know, at the time I was like, oh, I collect everything my band ever has because we're probably only going to make like 20 t-shirts. Right. And then, I don't know, I made fucking hundreds in the end. So. Hundreds. But, yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, now you, you just touched on something really good. You were like bands before. What, what was like your first band ever that you were in that released something? So, oh, my first band. Um, I thought you were going to say first band I ever loved, like hardcore band. Uh, well, yeah, absolutely. Well, that too. What got you into this? Well, well, Okay, so <laughs> let's we'll back up. So sure, I when I was a when I was a kid, I was like a. I mean, I, I really went over like was a, a crossover kid. You know, I was a metalhead that. Um, I was a metalhead that loved Metallica, Megadeth, Slayer. Uh, I loved this band called Sacred Reich yeah. from Arizona, who is just like. To me, uh, probably one of my favorite metal bands of all time. I can probably credit them for me even learning how to play guitar. I took, I started, I took guitar lessons, I think, for just one. I picked up the guitar when I was 12, took lessons, I think, for that year. Yeah. And the guy, the guy that I took lessons from was like this unbelievable guitar player. But I didn't want to learn theory or whatever song. You know, he, he was trying to teach me. You know, yeah, I, I got introduced to Sacred Reich through a VHS tape called "The Hard and Heavy Thrash and Speed Metal <laughs> Special," and it yeah. was the American Way record. Yeah, fuck yeah, dude! That's that's the record for yeah. me. 
I know like surf Nicaragua, like our ignorance, like those came out before and are way more thrashy and yeah. like kick-ass now. I mean, you hear bands now just like ripping those records off and people don't even really know those records at all. No. But um, yeah, so the American way, yeah. you know, like I, I've taken lessons. Guitar teachers like, I probably to my dad was like, he doesn't want to learn anything. I'm trying to teach him, you know? And I'm like, to my dad, I'm like, I just want to learn. I literally would bring Pantera songs to my, my lessons and be like, can I learn cemetery gates or, <laughs> you know, like whatever. And he's yeah. and the guitar teacher rightfully so is like, I don't want to go home and learn these and then teach you. And like, it's not what we're trying to do. And I, and my dad eventually was like, do you even like, do you like taking lessons? And I was like, well, I don't really like what I'm learning. And he was like, what the hell am I paying for him for then? Right. And I, I was like, <laughs> yeah, well, that's fine. I'll just sit here and learn this sacred Reich record the American way. There and so I, you know, cause at that time I, you know, I knew how to play a bar chord. Right. And so I just sat there and that, you know, love, hate or whatever the first song on that, I think that's the first song on that record. And, um, I just learned that. And then the next song, before I knew it, I knew that whole record. I couldn't play any solos at the time. Probably thought I could. I would love to right. go back and like hear what, what I sounded like doing that. But my hair kept growing. Yep. I kept headbanging. I kept headbanging in my room. You had that the record. You had the mullet, didn't you? Dude, I had the fucking Phil Anselmo shaved on the sides, like Jason Newstead haircut. You know what I'm I saying? So I, it was maximum, <laughs> maximum circle head banging. And, um, and my neck was like this thick because it literally for like three hours a day, I would just sit in my room, play Injustice for All, which I thought I could play, but I'm sure I couldn't. Uh, <laughs> the American way, I, I don't, you know, Pantera would play as much as I could, you know, like Megadeth, stuff like that. It, uh, you know, Rust in Peace, I think was almost too hard for me. I didn't know. Yeah. You know, I didn't know what the hell I was supposed to be doing there. But violence, um, violence was one of my favorite. Yeah, things. yeah, man. And so I would just sit in my room and play those records all day and um, eventually could like kind of half-ass solo and then like maybe full-ass solo a couple <laughs> things. Yeah. And uh, I, could, I could fake my way through some. Right. And so I was that metal kid that was then in to go back to your first question was then in a band that I tried out for on guitar. Um, and I don't know. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think at the time if I even got in, I don't know. I didn't, cause I didn't start. I wasn't in a band. I think when I was 15, like, you know, like, like I, I think I was in my first band. Um, trying to think if I even had that. I don't know if I can remember the name of the band. It's, it's probably become, something cheesy. You're doing, oh, it's something totally metal. I and, love uh, the. I love those cheesy. Oh, when you were fifteen, you come up with a brutal name. I love that. Shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love. But, it. Uh, and then, and then I, from from being a metal kid in a metal band, and I was going to shows like Pantera, Metallica, like things like that. But then this place in Worcester called EM Lowe's, which is now the Palladium, would have... That's a big venue, man. Yeah, but they have the upstairs there. And so, so that's... The upstairs is where they would have these crossover shows. Uh, that would be metal shows, 
and they'd be there would be hardcore bands playing as well. So it'd be you know like metal bands and hardcore bands, or let's just say thrash bands, right. and um and, and hardcore bands. And I went there for the thrash bands, and that this is this is I don't even know if Aaron Dahlbeck, our other guitar player, even knows this. Went there for the thrash bands, and Converge played that show. Oh shit! Converge had come out a couple of years before that. Um, was Aaron in the band at that time? Yep. I mean, okay. he was in the band, but I didn't know him. Right. Like, I didn't know any of those guys. To me, the the hardcore bands like Converge, who were kind of metal, but but not. You know, bands like Converge, Overcast, uh, stuff like that were like metal enough yeah. to like make me go, whoa. Sure. And these and these kids that were dancing, you know, I was there for the pit. These kids there from Seek Converge and Overcast, they were there to dance. Like they were like in sync with each other. They weren't hurting each other really, unless you were a metal kid and then maybe they tried to hurt you. But of course. <laughs> um, but I was just like, whoa, like these kids are going crazy. They're singing along, they're stage diving, they're not just head banging. Um and so yeah, man, I really I think I have to credit like Converge for probably being one of the first hardcore bands that I ever actually saw. Yeah. Um, if you want to go back to when I was 12. Leeway is my, my crossover point. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right. Leeway. So, but you were, I don't, did you grow up in New York city? Yeah. Brooklyn. Born yeah. And raised. So, I mean, so I mean, that's what you would do. So you're in New York city. So Leeway's around. I'm in Boston converges around, you know? Exactly. Yep. And I was the same way. Crazy! I had the mullet back in the day, huge into thrash, Metallica, Exodus, Testament, yeah. violence, sacred, all that stuff. And then I went to go see Suicidal Tendencies at Lemoore's. It was White Zombie, yeah. Leeway, Suicidal Tendencies. White Zombie played. They were not big at the time at all. They were the first band on. They, yeah, they had, a- it was before the Geffen record, before Thunder Kiss, and before Beavis and Butthead, all that. So they looked like four homeless people. And then... <laughs> And then Leeway came on and I had heard of them, but I had never heard them or seen them live. And they fucking blew me away. The next day I went out and I bought Born to Expire. And then the same guy who sold that to me, he gave me Agnostic Front, Liberty and Justice, which are both very metal records, but a perfect gateway from metal into hardcore. Yeah. That was my whole Um, deal. So so I went... I went to those shows at, at, at that time. I'm trying to remember how I was even, you know, cause I was probably 14 years old. Right. And, and, and then I was, so then the metal band came, which was, which was called visual evidence. That was the awesome. name of the first, so first band I was ever called visual evidence, a band that already existed with kids that were like 19 and 20. And to me, I'm like this 15 year old kid. And I'm like, these guys are like old actual metal dudes, you know, <laughs> right. Try, tried out for guitar. Um, Got in playing second guitar. I think I like ripped one solo that I knew, and they were like, "Yeah, really good." And, I, and then I was like, "Thank God! I hope I never have to play a solo again." Right? And it was a thrash. It was a thrash band, so there wasn't a ton of soloing. But I think maybe two weeks into playing with them, our the singer of the band held up a convenience store and got arrested and went to jail. <laughs> so, awesome. so then, so then those guys <laughs> in the band are like well you're the last guy to join so now you're the singer i'm like i don't fucking know how to sing like, i don't know how to sit like i've never done it before i, I you know i play guitar and i headbang and he's like ah, oh, you can do it 
So I did that for a while. Um, and we would, those guys knew some, they had some connections where we would play six shows with bands like Drop Dead or, um, I don't know. There were bands that we were playing with like called like Candy Striper Death Orgy. People from around here would know these bands, but, <laughs> yeah. um, and, and we were playing to like 300 kids because the headlining bands would bring them and, you know, we'd be lucky enough to have gotten on the show. I think we probably even had to pay to play or right. sell tickets to get on some of them. Sure. Um, and then within that time period and from seeing Converge that first time, I started going to more hardcore shows. Um, and then, see, I've never told any of these stories. This is crazy. I don't do this kind of stuff. It's good. Then, it then, yeah. Then I was at a club called Club 490, which was out in Fitchburg. Um, and that was where bands like, um, I don't know, bands like Dive and Hatchet Face and all these bands that were like kind of, not Dive, but Hatchet Face, real spazzy band. They used to be a band called Bound. And the drummer of those bands was Matt Kelly, who is now the drummer of Dropkick Murphys. Gotcha. So he, he used to play out there, and he, they played with a band called Josta 14. Hey. Hey, there you go. So they played with a band called Josta 14, and, and Jamie Josta was, had a distro back then, and he sold me. Uh, I, don't, I think I went up to him and I said, I, I know I don't know like like oh I'm trying to get into it I don't know what she's what's that get and that motherfucker sold me the the judge record he sold me he sold me the judge record oh um, nice so bringing it down I brought it home and that opened up my world it, it just opened up my mind I guess I should say to the world of New York hardcore. And that's a, that's, a, so, that's a great introduction, man. Yeah, man. So Judge, Killing Time, um, you know, Agnostic Front, I'm try Burn. You know, those were my three top still. Judge, Killing Time, Burn. And um, then that became like those, those three bands, really. Like, you know, I sat there and I studied every word. I knew every word. And but but I think you know, they didn't last long. A couple of years later, they were gone or maybe even already broken up. Right. Or, or not playing much. I mean, New York city was a world away from me. Like yeah. three out, three hours. Like I, you know, I'm 15. Yeah. I the, can't, in the I grand can't scheme of things, like they didn't, they didn't last very long. I've seen those. No. Bands. I never saw judge until they re reunited. I never seen them, but I saw, yeah, I, did. I saw burn a million times. For some reason, they would always open up for like, biohazard leeway like there was a certain time in new york city where there were so many venues and so many shows where you would have to pick and choose like life of agony like before river runs red is playing over here with leeway yeah. then mucky pup is playing with biohazard over here then you have typo negative is playing with prong in staten island it's like where do you go so yeah. you would try to maybe make two shows. All right, well, who's going on when over here? So maybe we can hit the opening band here and catch the headliner over here. And it was crazy, but it was not for a long period of time, man. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. And it's funny, man, because I, you know, before that I was into like suicidal and biohazard and stuff like that. Sure. But being a, being a metal kid, that was just metal to me. Right. You know, like that, like that wasn't a hardcore, those weren't hardcore bands or, right. you know, they were just metal. They were just metal bands, and uh, yeah. 
you know, and, okay. and so, yeah, I don't know, man. And, and, you know, I'm thinking about it now. My timeline's probably a little screwed up because I feel like Jocelyn 14 was together maybe when I was like 16. But, right. but I mean, I was young, man. Yeah. And Jamie, Jamie, Jamie gave me that record and, 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 and that was it, man. I sat there and read those lyrics. And from that, I, I don't know how somebody was probably like, try this burn record, try this killing time record. Sure. Killing times, killing time's so fucking heavy that like, Dude, as, a metal, as a metal, yeah, as a metal kid, you could just head bang to it. Anyway. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah. And so visual evidence happened. Uh, it didn't happen for very long. I was in that band for maybe a year. Uh, and cause then I want to do a hardcore band. I didn't want to do, I didn't want to do metal anymore. You know, okay. I, was, I was, you know, so at 16, 16, 17 years old, I started this band called Realm <laughs> with like all of my, all of my friends, you know, and this is just us playing in a basement of a friend's house. Of course. But we're, we're writing riffs that are more, are mosh oriented, you know, and like orientated. And it's just like, they sucked, you know, we, we have it, we had a demo, but if I listen back to it, it's like that band where you're like, oh. You have that demo? Do you have a copy of it? I think I do somewhere. If I you don't, do. then, I, then I know people that have it where that I can get it. But every time I listen to it, I'm like, God, this is so <laughs> like, this is the demo that I have gotten a million times on the road, like from a 15, 16 year old kid that I listen to it. And I'm like, you'll be there someday. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, I sound like a, I sound like an asshole saying that, but I was there one day. Too, you know, it's like, yeah. I, I, I am happy if that, that demo stays buried and, sure. and doesn't, and doesn't come out. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, man. I mean, so it went, it, realm happened. That was when I was in high school. We got super lucky. There was a band from Massachusetts back then called Thundercock. And, uh, nice. they were like, they would play a, they would play a, they would play all, all over the place, but specifically a, ba- a place called uh, a venue called the Espresso Bar, which was in Worcester, and they were like, they were the shit. Like they, they would sell it out. I don't know how many kids that place held, but probably four hundred kids. And yeah. uh, we went, we went to a Christmas or a, probably a New Year's Eve show, and one of the bands didn't show up. And the owner of the place, the owner of the place is freaking out going, oh, I don't have another, you know, blah, 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 blah. And we were like, we're all here. Like everybody in realm is here. And they were like, can you, can you play on this band's equipment? And we were like, yeah. And so we did that. And somehow we just ended up playing like every Thundercock show, like until our, until realm broke up, which <laughs> like for us was like, holy shit, we're playing these shows with 300 kids at them and nobody, you know, like it, that crowd was more of like the crowd that would probably turn into like the corn crowd or yeah. like the ink, the incubus or like and those fans, those kids just go wild. Yeah. They just want to hear heavy music and they start losing their fucking. Right. And, um, and so we, we were lucky to get in with Thundercock and I guess I can always thank them for That's realms, awesome. realms, realms career. Anyway, <laughs> we, we probably, we probably sold 200 demos because we, we got in on those shows. That's cool. But, um, yeah, man. And so then, I don't know, from Realm, all the kids in Realm then started this band called Barrett, which was kind of when when my touring slash, you know, real serious band playing came about. And, uh, and uh, I don't know, at that point, we just went back to 
being a crazy metal band again. My, my brain is fucked, man. It's yeah. like, <laughs> Listen, I get like, it. I, like, I want to do a hardcore band. So we do realm, you know, now it's like, let's do Barrett and make it as crazy metal and nobody can understand it. And yeah. And, and, and you know, and, and luckily I, you know, we kind of had some people in the band that were, you know, good at, at writing music and we just all clicked and we put out a record that I'm pretty proud of. Um, and then from that, it was Bane. And did you know all the well? You didn't know Dahlbeck at the time. Did you know the other guys at the time? Did you know Bedard? Any of them? Nope. So so Pete Chilton, the guy that played bass for Bane for years until 2007 ish, he he played bass in Barrett. So he played bass in the metal band that I was in. Gotcha. You know, in, in between Realm and Bane. And uh. Aaron Dahlbeck at the time was like still this like kind of like in like in Converge and he's just like I don't you know he's a it's a big deal to, to me you know what I'm saying like he was he was a big deal and I don't know if I had ever talked to him he worked at this music store called uh, called Newberry Comics I don't know if you had ever heard of that place. I heard so, of him I heard of yeah so, it's, so it's, a, it's a big chain in New England that uh is is like uh like maybe Hot Topic before Hot Topic happened gotcha. and 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 they sold records too. Dahlbeck, Aaron Dahlbeck worked there and I would go in and, and be like, hey. but then I'd walk out and go, oh, the guy can converse. Like, you know, like, I thought, <laughs> yes. thought, of, thought of, it was like cool as shit. And um, <laughs> he, he was always like the nicest guy. And Aaron Bedard, I had never, I had never met him before. I was in Bain, but he was in, this is, this is a crazy kind of sidetrack. So he was in a band called Backbone. That was the band that he was in before Bane. Right. When I when I was twelve years old, literally a kid with a Bon Jovi patch on my jacket, <laughs> had a friend whose next door neighbor was in a band called Dawn of Rage, and that band had the little brother of the bass player of Backbone. So Dawn of Rage was playing a show with Backbone. I'm twelve years old. The neighbor says, "Hey." come check my band out. And the mom of my friend says, yeah, I'll bring you to some venue in Auburn, Massachusetts to watch our neighbor's band and Backbone is playing this show. I didn't know who Backbone was. I didn't even know what hardcore was at the time. Um, I just knew that the guy in Dawn of Rage was my friend Jeremy's neighbor. And it's like, (laughs) it's like, Let's go here. I got my Bon Jovi jacket on. I think I'm cool as shit. And I walk in to a full-on hardcore show. Donna Rage plays. Backbone starts to play. And a girl breaks her leg. Or a girl jumps off the, jumps off the stage or gets kicked in the pit, breaks her leg. Uh, mom of, of my friend is like, we're getting out of here. Like, 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 it's not safe here. I leave. I don't think about it until the backbone reunion, however many years later, you know, I'm like 17 or 18 and the backbone reunion happens. And I'm like, Oh shit. Like when I was 12, I saw that band play. Yeah. And, um, and I saw a girl break her leg. That was that, that, that's crazy. Uh, go to the backbone reunion. However many years later, I think like maybe the net, I think, I think after the backbone reunion is when Dahlbeck actually asks Bedard if he would want to do another band. And, um, and so that band, you know, Bane starts writing without me. I, I was not in the, I wasn't in Bane until 
the demo the demo was written by Aaron Dalbeck, Aaron Bedard, and uh, the drummer of Converge at the time, Damon. And uh, Ben Schusett from Ten Yard Fight, and another kid named who was gonna maybe that maybe there was gonna be a four piece at the time. Um, you know, they were gonna be the band. And I guess Pete Chilton was going to be in it, but he didn't know any of the songs at the time he was asked, so he didn't record the demo. So the demo was recorded by Aaron Dahlbeck on both guitars, bass, then Bedard singing, and this kid Damon playing drums. Oh, shit. So I catch wind that Pete, the guy that's in Barrett with me, uh, that's playing bass in my other band, which Barrett is still together at this time. Uh, you know, he, I think he calls me and he says, dude, you're never going to believe this. And I'm like, what's up? He's like, you know, I went, I forget. I went to a show or I went to the Newbury comics and Aaron Dalvik from Converge. He asks me if, if, if I, if I want to be in this band with him, if I want to try out for this band. And I'm like, you, I'm like, you're lucky motherfucker. I hate your guts. I hear like, you're, you're like, you're the luckiest person ever. Ah. And, um, and so I don't know, six months goes by Bane demo comes out. I love it. I'm like, this is like judge. This is like burn. This is like everything that I love about hardcore. Um, and it's got the guy from Backbone and it's got the guy from Convergent and five friends in it. Um, that's sick. But at the time, they're just a four piece. I don't even know they want to be a five piece. I go to the first show and they're a four piece. I go to the second show and they have Kurt from Converge, the other guitar player on guitar. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, like that's awesome too, because I love Converge. Right. But I somehow catch wind that. He's just doing it until they find somebody to fill in for real. So I say to Pete, I say to Pete, our bass, the bass player Barrett, who's in Bain, I say, yo, dude, like, like get me in there somehow. Like, get me, like, like I want to try out, like, let me, let me know if they're look, if looking, you know, and in my head, I think I was like, they know a million people probably, you know, have a zillion other options. Right. And um, and I'm just some kid from the scene that nobody knows. I don't know Bedard at all. I don't really know Dalmac. And um, I don't know. I got a call from Pete that says, "Yo, I got you an audition." Like, and this is sounds so cheesy. I got you an audition. I don't think it. I don't think. I don't think the word audition was ever even thrown out there. It was like, right. "Yo, come try, come try out." Yeah, they don't know me. Out. Yeah, they don't know me. I could. I could. Maybe I don't know how to play guitar at all. Um, he's like, "Yo, come try out." I learn all the songs, but I'm still in Barrett, and that's going to be my band at the time. And right. so when I go, when I go to try out for Bane, I think Dahlbeck's like, "Well, what can you really do?" And I say, "Well, you know, I can, I, you know, I can do whatever shows you need me to, you know, unless it gets in the way of Barrett stuff." Dahlbeck said, "I think you know." Somebody says, "Okay, well." You know, like you messed, I don't know how it went. You know, you messed well, you knew the songs, blah, 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 however it went. Right. Um, <laughs> can you play just until we find somebody else? And I, and I say, I say, yeah, like, let, like, sure, let's, and I think my first show was like a couple weeks later, you know? And so, and I was, I was like, yeah, let's, let's play out, see how it goes, blah, 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 blah. And so the joke years later, even now, is that, we never even talked about me actually joining the band. It was like, 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 can you do this until we find somebody else or until you can't do it anymore? Yeah. And then years later, they would be like, dude, we'll kick you out of this band so fast. You're still not even a member. <laughs> and I was like, you, mother, 
you wound up being a 20 year villain. Dude, and I like wrote, you know, like so much stuff with them. Like, you're like, but and, and they're always, they're always joking about it, but I don't know. It is a funny way. So they might say, when you talk to Dahlbeck, I, he, I wonder if he'll listen to this before he, before you guys talk, but it'll be funny to see if he says anything about me, not even being a member. Yeah. But, um, yeah, man, I, I just kind of got in the band out of, out of pure luck. And I mean, then it just went, yeah. <laughs> you know? And so, I mean, I think this leads back to us only thinking that we were going to be together for a couple of years. And even at that time, we, even at that time, you know, Barrett, the band I was in, metal band. I mean, in, we were to get, we got together in like 97. And then in 99, our breakup was literally like, yeah, I made a good run. Like we played some shows with Dillinger Escape Plan. We played some shows with like bands that we love. We, we toured the U.S. a couple of times. Like that was sick. Let's yeah. do something else. And then we just broke up. Like, you know, we just, we just never thought that this could be a career. Because right. at, that, at that point for hardcore bands, it wasn't. It wasn't. You know, like, I, like I, hear, I hear about bands back then that are like, yeah, we started making some real money and then we broke up. And they're like, fuck. It's a bane like 10 years. Like to make any real money where we can actually go like, all right, if I want to live like shit, I can not have a job. Like, you know, but I mean, you know, we never made like life changing money. Right. Even in the end. What hardcore band does? Even bands like, you know, like there's those bands that that, that are touring musicians and they don't have a job. They're not living in mansions. You're in a hardcore band. You're not metallic. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, it's such a weird thing, man, because kids that, people that don't understand what a hardcore band is, but they see me touring all over the world and they see me, you know, all over, like they think I'm a millionaire. Like right. they're like, right. they're like, what do you, you don't need to worry about money. You'll go all over the world. You're rich. And right. I'm like, it's not, it's not like that, man. It is not like that. So and, not. Um, and then every now and then even kids in the scene will like, you know, like we'll see comments on shit that oh, all you ever care about is the money or like, you know, like, and it's like, dude, when have, we have never fucking made money, you know? Yeah. And, uh, but it is what it is, whatever. It is. So then but, in 98, well, I think, well, besides the London, Tokyo, Dublin whole thing, basically it was equal, equal vision records the entire run. Right. Yeah, the entire time. I mean, Dahlbeck, Aaron Dahlbeck had a a, a a record label called Life Records, and that put out the first couple of seven inches for Bane, <clears throat> and then uh, holding this moment, seven inch came oh, out on yeah, yeah it came out ninety eight. Yeah, came. Yep, and that's yeah. So ninety eight, and the funny thing is that I, I don't know if Steve Reddy is the owner of Equal Vision Records. I don't know if he recalls this the same way that we do, but we were like 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 saying a 10-yard fight who you know they, that's a band that we had like grown up with playing shows here in boston and uh and they were on evr and we were like ask them if if, if they'll put a record out for us ask them if they'll put it on the seven inch and as far as i can remember you can ask the other guys i think we got turned down a couple of times i think it was like nah they're like it's either he didn't have a good, good feeling about us or uh, maybe i don't know but right. ten yard ten yard fight had to be like, I think you're kind of kind of want to jump on this while you can, and then and then it happened like you know then EVR kind of I don't know he probably emailed us or called Randolph at the time and was like we'll try this for a seven we'll do it for one seven inch and then a compilation of what you already have out 
and then luckily that went well and you know yeah, I think man, we took off kind of, yeah kind of easily proved ourselves to them and then they were our record label for the rest of the band's career when we could have taken you know there there was like a million different turns that we could have taken we had you know epitaph was kind of knocking on the door for a minute and you know and in, in you know bridge nine the kids were the kids would hit us up and be like why aren't you on bridge nine like you know evr is not a hardcore label anymore you know they put out saves the day and coheed and cambria and blah, blah blah and it's like yeah but they've always done good by us and right and like we've always had success like why, the, why are we gonna fuck with that like yeah like like let's not mess with anything so, that's not yeah. broken you know and sure. so uh we did the seven inch you know that that um that seven inch thing all over the world yeah as just something fun for us and oh, evr yeah. was evr was in on it as in like hey we want to do this are you guys cool with it right. and they were like yeah like totally and we're not we were i don't even know if we were ever in contract with evr from the because they, they just wanted to know if the first record was even going to work right you know yeah and, and so i don't even know if we really ever even got into a multi-record deal like nah if I, it, you know? listen it was yeah so we we never owed them anything never, yeah they never owed us anything and we just kind of we just kind of stuck together yeah what was the first time you what, what was the first time bane went to europe the first time that bane went to europe was 99 1999 on the it all comes down to this record yeah, yeah we, had, we, we had yeah we had holding this moment out which at the time I, when we wrote that, I understood that we wanted to be a hardcore band. And then when, when we were writing it all comes down to this, I was back on my metal kick. Nice. And I fucking loved Shy Halud more than anything in the world. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, this weirdness is what we need. Mm-hmm. And our, our drummer, Nick Brannigan at the time, uh, you know, he was in a, a ton of weird metal shit too. And, those influences really bit us in the ass, <laughs> you know? It's, it's so, well, it's not, you know, like I, I'm, I'm very grateful for that record because Great record. You know, can we start again? And, you know, like, fuck with you. like I love a lot of those songs, but a lot, I mean, it's a big departure from what holding this moment was. Yeah, you know, yeah. it gets whack. It gets wacky. The songs get to be five, minutes long. There's interludes of acoustic stuff. And like, it's, it's just, the, and the, the recording quality is terrible. Um, you know, we had recorded everything with Brian McTurnan, who then did Give Blood. And for some reason, in the middle, we decided to stray. And it was just a bad decision because we didn't have anybody there like Brian to put us back on track. Right. You know, like, 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 you know, he would have said, uh, what the fuck is going on here? What is this craziness? <laughs> yeah. like, like, we need to reel it in. And instead... You know, this guy, Steve Austin, who was the singer of this band called Today is the Day, like, he was a metal dude. And he was like, let's be fucking metal. Like, and I was like, yeah. <laughs> and, and uh, you know, I don't know. It all comes down to this is, thank God that's on that record. Otherwise, it might have been a complete throwaway. But <laughs> I don't know. So, some kids think it's awesome. Some kids love that record. I and they love the song. Right. Yeah, see, and they love the sound quality of it, and it just—I, I, the one of the only big regrets I have in that in Bane is like I wish we had gone with Brian McTurn. Like I, I, yeah, on that record. And so I, I so that's not a bad regret to have, though, man. 
It's really not. No, no, no. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, yeah. It's it not. Yeah. I, I hear what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. It's not. But um, your whole, your whole, your whole discography, I guess you want to call it. I mean, there's really nothing I'm saying personally, and I'm not just blowing smoke. Like I love all your guys' stuff. And then just to, to, put, out a, to put out a record, like don't wait up. And it's just like, you put that, it's just as good, if not better than everything else. So you guys yeah, know how to write you. a fucking I, song. <laughs> thanks, man. I don't, you know, I eventually by the time Give Blood came out, we had all said, you know, we found where we all fit as far as our influences go. Yeah. And, and, you know, I feel like we were pretty on the same page for everything going forward. Uh, and like I had said with, with don't wait up, it, that was a, we don't give a fuck record. Right. As far as what other people think. And when it came out, we knew we loved it and we really weren't writing for anybody else, but ourselves. Cause we knew we were going to be gone in a couple of years. And when it came out and it got such a good response, we were like, fuck, maybe we called this thing too soon. Yeah. Like, like maybe, cause then the shows started getting better, you know, real good again. And I don't know, man, like, you know, I don't know. And we, you know, we, we, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 it's cause I was actually, I'll be completely honest. Like, like back to saying, you know, how, how I love all you guys stuff and you, 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 became one of my favorite hardcore bands and i honestly say that and it and to piggyback off of that it says a lot i think for me because i got into i, I got hit to you guys a little bit late in the game because mm -hmm. i was wrapped up like i don't know life takes you in weird spots i was on to the new york hardcore thing then i joined the military and then when i came back i was listening to a lot of, a lot of hip-hop and stuff like that but i was always always kind of in and out but then I saw you got my favorite, my, my all time favorite band overall, Gun to My Head. I'm going to have to say is Sick of It All, right? So, yeah, yeah hell yeah. And I, the first time I've heard of you guys, and I, the first time I saw you guys live was opening for Sick of It All in 2009 at the Gramercy Theater. Yeah. And I, rem I remember that show. I remember that. I remember the shirt you were wearing. You had some kind of a Brontosaurus cartoon dinosaur <laughs> head on your shirt. You remember that shirt? Yeah, dude. I was like, this. I was like, that shirt is very weird and it's funny. So that's why it sticks out. You have no idea how much <laughs> my style has gotten this, gotten me like re not reamed out, but like kids were like. There was a point of when I first joined Bane, I was like, well, not right when I joined Bane, but like I turned into like long dread-headed hippie looking motherfucker for a while and like people were you know and that's kind of when bane started maybe a couple years after but like real hardcore dudes were like what is this band like what is this dude doing in this i'll never forget it it's burned into my head like i remember that so whatever yeah. it was like, that you think it, it worked on me i don't know I, remember, <laughs> I was like this guy's wearing a silly shirt but i like that you know that's yeah. cool but know. you guys killed it that night and i wasn't very familiar and i was just like wow like the, the crowd went fucking crazy but dodd's energy because at that at that venue there's a there's a barricade there so, but Badad's yeah. energy, like he just jumped off the stage. He was on the barricade. Like he was all about the crap. And I was like, this is fucking great. And when I went out and then I I'm going to say, I'm going to put this out there right now. I'm going to say if there was two shows 
of you of you guys that I missed within the New York or New Jersey area since then until your ending, it's a lot. Because every time you guys play, unless wow. it's something, I, w- I was at every show after that. Dude, that's insane. Yeah, I mean, thank you so much, man. It, it's, it's, I mean, I, yeah, I don't know, man. It's very humbling. And it's an honor to be anybody's favorite band. But just, like, like I, I don't know, man, because we, we never, we just always thought we were so lucky to be, to just have kids at our shows, period, you know? Yeah. I mean, when we when we could draw a hundred kids in Massachusetts, it was like, yeah, you know, and and well, there was something about there was something about you got it. This you're not. I don't know. I, I can't. I'm going to butcher it, and I don't even know if I'm going to say the right thing. What what I'm trying to even think of, but it's like you're not like any other band. There's something about you guys that it means something. Like like the other night, like I was, I went on like another Bane kick, and I went out to YouTube, and there's. There's like one video of calling hours from the final show and yeah. I'm looking at it and I'm just like, I was right there. And, and I was just like, just, I don't know. There was just something I can't really touch on it, but it was always so much fun. Um, just, just the, the, the energy, the just stage dive, just fun. I never saw any bullshit going on. It was just all about fun and positive shit. So yeah. there's something special about you guys, but I can't really put my finger on it, but there was something that set you guys apart from the other hardcore bands that are in a pile. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. And I don't know about, you know, like all I know about Bane is that I was always in a band with four other dudes that agreed that we weren't going to do this unless it was going to be, unless we were going to be all in and it was going to be a super emotional experience for us, you know, if we couldn't, if we couldn't vibe and luckily we never, I think anyone that ever played with us knew our vibe already. And so they weren't going to, they weren't going to go on the road with us. If, if we didn't think that we could go up there and just emotionally drain ourselves on that stage. And that didn't matter if, you know, like, and everybody says this, but we literally, even in the last, couple of years of the band played shows in front of 20 kids you know what i'm saying like 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 you know there was a show in australia where there was maybe 30 40 kids there and they were spread throughout a room that held 300 and we would just look at each other and we'd be like it's just us like like we you know like it's us <clears throat> it is us and whatever kids want to get into this yeah you know what i'm saying yeah, <clears throat> we're gonna do our thing. We're gonna go crazy, and please join us if you want. And right. and some days we would just close our eyes and focus on the stage if we had to, if the crowd wasn't feeling it. And then luckily, you know, eight times out of ten, we were the luckiest fucking band in the world that had yeah. kids go kids go crazy no matter what. And, yeah. and you never- guys, all, I mean, all you guys just be fucking like no one's standing still it's like who's i mean it, it was all it was almost more of like all right nobody cares we're gonna fucking lose our minds even more like we'll, yeah. we'll prove we will prove these motherfuckers like yeah we're, we'll sell we'll sell ourselves to you like we're, we're not ashamed of that shit yeah like, we're yeah. not we're not gonna be the band that sits up there and goes like oh fuck this let's just get this over with like right 
because we just we always thought we were going to be the band that maybe was almost done you know like we you know and then then we had the meeting and then it, three years went by like it went by so I'm fast and, sure. I'm and, sure. and then it was then it was done yeah yeah and like i said i there's there's maybe two shows that i missed but then one of your shows for me got cut short because i literally almost broke my back oh, oh shit man yeah i was at the mall it was your, your last new york show the, the last one at the webster yes yeah wow maximum penalty was played it was, a, it was a great i don't remember the whole lineup but maximum penalty played and i'm just i'm just reserving my energy i'm, I'm not doing nothing for nobody i'm not doing I'm like this is the last new york show cool 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 remember i had my phone in my side pocket i got up onto the stage and i put my phone my girlfriend was my girlfriend was with her, with her son in the mo- at the movies in Brooklyn. I was at the yeah. show by myself. <laughs> I took I took my phone. I put it next to like an amp on the stage, like in the back, so I wouldn't lose it. So I had shit timed in my head. And and you guys, since you guys are all fucking crazy up there, you know, there's certain times where I want to sing along and flip into the crowd, but then I have to navigate through fucking Dahlbeck doing his youth crew jumps, <laughs> and then you have fucking. But Don is doing his his Daniel son karate fucking yeah. crane kicks and then everything else is going on wires. So it was the fourth song and it was Swan Song. Uh, and I got up and I jumped and I flipped onto the crowd. And as I'm up there, I'm I'm getting myself, you know, balanced and I'm about to get back onto the floor. And then I look up and there's somebody like a foot away from me jumping right on top of me. And then I hit the floor. He hit on top of me and I felt like I got stabbed like in my back with like an ice pick. I'm like, fuck. And then of course, which everyone knows <laughs> like, like, like a ha- hardcore show, like people, you know, if I'm laying on the floor, like I couldn't move for a second and I got helped up and I was like, this is bad. Like I've gotten hurt. It shows black eyes. My jaw still clicks from a hate breed show. Like, there's, there's so many injuries I've had, but this one was like the worst. And I'm like, fuck. And I'm walking, I'm shuffling my way out of the chaos. And I know, you know, Joe Affey, the guitar player for Maximum Penalty? Yeah. He's, he's standing by the bar. He's like, yo, what's up, Joe? I'm like, what's up? I'm like, I hurt myself bad. He's like, ooh. And I shuffled out and I could hardly walk. I called my girl who's in the movie. She jets into the city. I, I had to go belly. I can't believe I'm telling this whole story in detail. I go belly first into the back seat of the car. I could hold, I can't even sit. I go to the hospital, and it turns out, long story short, I was going to the chiropractor. I went to the chiropractor. This guy I go to every now and then just for an adjustment. He looked at me. He's like, well, actually, when I go into the emergency room, they're like, what happened? I just looked up, and I was kind of annoyed that I was even there. I'm like, the show is still going on. I'm pissed. I'm in the hospital. This, is, this sucks. So I looked up. I was like, Stage diving accident. You know, I'm like, damn, stage diving debacle. It's all right. So, yeah. so then I go to the chiropractor like a week later. I took like a week off of work. I was all fucked up. And then I went to the chiropractor and he got nervous. He's like, Jim, he's like, I don't know. And then turn I go for MRIs and fucking and x-rays. And it turns out it was my it was like my last three vertebrae were bent at like a 35 degree angle. Oh. And it was, it had, it had uh, pinched my sciatic nerve and the muscle under there was completely taut. 
So it was like my spine was leaning in on this. And the, yeah, so it was all. And then it was about, about seven days later, I woke up and it like released itself. And I went to the chiropractor and he made me fucking normal again. Yeah, but it, was, I, uh, it, it was weird, though, because around that time, like I would go to shows all the time. But for some reason, maybe it was meant to be, but there was no shows that I really cared about for about a month until the final Bing Boston uh, I'm like, dude. I'm redeeming myself. I'm not going to, I'm going to redeem myself there. So I finally made, cause that show reminded me crowd, crowd wise. It reminded me of way back in the day at the old Ritz when stormtroopers of death reunited, oh. because it was just that kind of a crowd. Like we were standing and there was no way that you're saying, excuse me, excuse me, to get yourself up towards the stage. As soon as you guys came on, there were people all the way in the back, jumping onto heads, crawling over people from the back to get up there. And I had to do the same thing. So, which was incredible. But then I made it my point. There's a little video I shared of me stealing your microphone at Game Changer. Yeah, I saw it. <laughs> Which is, I mean, gun to my head, I would have to say my favorite Bane song is Ollie Frazier. I would have oh, to okay. say. So at the end of that song, it's always like, I'm always determined to get up there and sing that final chorus. Yeah, so yeah. I was like, final show, last chance to dance. My back is all right. I'm fucking getting up there to do it. And I got up there and I did it. And there's pictures of me of, of there, you know, singing the final chorus of Ollie Frazier. Yeah, man. Dude, you, you, you could have sang that every show if you wanted. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Yeah, it was a pleasure having you up there with me, for sure. Yeah, man. Fucking so much fun, yeah. man. So yeah. Fun. So, but, now, um, so now, all right, I got to ask you, because I just have to ask you, and people are going to be like, well, you should have asked them. Yeah. I'm going to ask you. What am I going to ask? Are we ever going to get back together? Of course. No. So... <clears throat> Here's the thing. I do <laughs> love the hesitation, though. Well, only because I think you're probably going to hear a different answer from, from each different person that you, like each member that you talk to. Um, I have confirmed, I have confirmed as of right now, everybody. Okay, sick. So then let's, let's see what they say, which is not going to, I don't want to get anybody fucking psyched up because right. I don't give a shit if they all want to get back together. Right now, at this time, I have no interest in. Um, I have no interest. I don't want to be the fucking dime bag Daryl of the band. I don't want to. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to be the dude that's like holding everybody back. But I don't. I have no interest in in reliving that. I think mostly for the fact that I feel like we'll be ripping kids off that put so much into our final tours in that final show. We were a band that said, this is it. We're never going to do it again. Kids took it as that. They flew from all over the world to come to that last show, man. Yeah. That final show was fucking perfect. And partially because, partially because kids thought that we all thought that it was never going to happen again. Right. And kids, kids spent a lot of money to get there, man. Kids cried and went through that emotional roller coaster with us. And to like, you know, 
three or four years later, just be thinking like, like, ah, like, yeah, let's, like, let's just do it again. <clears throat> I don't think it's like, it's, just, it's not that easy, man. You know, I get it. It's I, not, I, it's I not that easy. Respect that. I completely respect that because there's always those bands. It'll never happen again. Never happen again. Give it a few years. New record. They're out. And I think yeah, as much as I would absolutely love one more time, I would love it. And I'm sure kids around the world would. Yeah. I'm not going to say, I think the word is, it's wrong for me to say it cheapens it, but for you to guys to be, this is final and that's it. And that's all. It makes it kind of special. I just, In I a just weird, think, twisted way. Yeah. I, you know, and who knows in, in a couple of years, I might bite myself in the ass when I'm getting on stage with everybody again, you know, like, right. like this might kids might really be like, Oh, what the fuck in the podcast? You said you never do it. Whatever. And, I'll be in the middle of that shit with a shitty grin <laughs> on my face. I, and I need, you know, like, I, I've never even talked to the band dudes about, like, I've never talked to anybody in Bain about this. Like, you know, it just, it, 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 yeah, it just really doesn't, you know, of course, like, we'll talk about, yo, like, I miss you and I miss the band and I miss playing with you. And for me, it's, for me, it's that I miss my friends that I see all over the world. It's that I miss hanging out with my bandmates in shitty ass hotels. You know, if for our entire career, the entire band plus whatever poor ass roadie we took with us all stayed in one hotel room, and that was only for the, that was only for the last like maybe ten years of the band. The first thirteen years of the band, we were sleeping on fucking floors. Nice. And yeah. so then the last ten years, we went out with Hatebreed on the Perseverance tour, and it was the biggest, probably the biggest tour that we ever did. That was an actual, you know, like full u.s tour yeah um hatebreed was gigantic you know blowing up and they were like the shit still are but at that point it was like all right the kids that would let us sleep on their floors like they're not like you know before it was like we're playing these small shows and kids would just come up and be like hey you need a place to stay we'd be like yeah sure uh you're like yes please otherwise we're sleeping in the van um then on the hatebreed tour it's just like the venues were so big and like it was like, oh, I guess we're getting a hotel. And then we're like, I think we found out about Priceline. I think that's when it like clicked. Like we were like, we were like, wait, you can get rooms for like 40 bucks a night. And we we're like, hell yeah. Like, let's just do, we'll get one room. That's it. And me being the cheap ass that I am for the next 10 years, we all just stayed in one room. But goes to go back to going, going back to what we we're talking about. I missed just cramming into one room. Yeah. And just, just sitting there late nights after a show eating crappy Taco Bell, watching like law and order reruns or whatever we would watch. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I miss that. I miss playing with my friends. I miss playing with all of them. I don't want to say I don't miss playing with Bane, but I, I, I just miss the, the other things more than I miss like actual, actual Bane shows, you know? Yeah. I'm, I'm never, uh, you know, it's, it's sometimes I'll have dreams where like Bane is playing again and I'll be like, oh, that, like, that would be so sick to be playing in Germany or, you know, like playing whatever, or even just playing with Down to Nothing or, you know, something like just, you know, bands that we're friends with. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, for me, I'd rather just, and this is a bad example, but like Have Heart did just start a band with like, you know, with everybody that was in have heart 
and just start a new band. And you know what I'm saying? Like, like, you know, like I would love to just be in a band with all those dudes again, but then, then kids are just like, well, why don't you just do band?" Right. And yeah. so, and so I've just, you know, dudes have had, Bedard's got his own thing. Dalvik's got his own thing. You know, Bobby's a da- like a dad now who's like a successful, got a successful career. And, you know, James has got a record store now that he can't leave. And, you know, so just doing a band with all those guys, I don't know. It, it hasn't been talked about, but I, I think I'd much rather do that than get Bane back together. Yeah. You know? what, about, what about Silent Drive? So Silent Drive is, so I sing for that band. So that's like a totally, that's like a, and it's more rock and roll. It's not, you know, it's not a hardcore band at all, which, um, you know, it, it's, it's just a, it's just a different world. Sure. And Bane is, but it, that band is full of people that literally can't do anything ever unless it's oh, local okay. or two days long. You know what I'm saying? Sure. I love silent drive. And, we've been lucky enough to like kind of get this like little cult following where where like when we do play every like seriously seven years it's like kind of a big deal and you know and it does well but i mean we've been writing the second record since 2005 <laughs> i know like, like, i you saw know, you like, post on instagram like yeah, a month yeah, or something ago yeah every like two years we'll be like hey another song so at that rate now we have like six songs for a new record Right. And, and so that's a, that's another band that I love everybody in that band. We love jamming and playing together. I, but it won't, I don't think it'll ever be anything serious, you know? And at, at, at this point, I, you know, it's hard for me to just get up there and, and sing for an hour. Sure. When I have to actually like carry a tune, I can get up there and scream. And if I lose my voice, it's not a big deal. But right. if I got to sing, it's like, I, you know, I say to those dudes inside my drive, it's like, if we're going to play a show, like we have to actually practice for like months in right. order for me to get up there and not embarrass us all, you know? Yeah. So, uh, you know, that sign of drive is probably not done as much as, as we could have recently because I'm a little bit scared of just having to put all the work into getting prepared to play again, you know? Gotcha. Um, so yeah, so that, that band's just kind of, it's still there. We never really broke up. It just, right. It's just, just always, it's just always there. And I've always loved it. Right. You know, I love, I love, I love that record that we put out and, um, I love the new songs that we have, but yeah. you know, we'll see. Who knows? I have one but, more question when it comes to Bane and then I'll stop holding you hostage. Nah, um, dude, I, I'm, I'm here and, and believe me, dude, we don't do this often. So ask away now. Cause you're not going to get me on this fucking thing for like another six years. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Now, of course, there's so much circulating about the about Sonny's, you know, Hey Five Six's final Bane show. Now, ask there, away. All right, but wasn't there like a documentary and like a book yeah. and all? What's the deal with all of that shit, man? So let's clear all of this up, okay? Please, because don't. because I don't it. Uh, what I need everybody in the Bane world to know is that Bane has nothing to do with any of that stuff. That's so crazy. Well, so, so our friends are doing the documentary, but to put out an actually good documentary, it takes a long time, man. You know, sure. like the, the agnostic front documentary, like all these docs, like they weren't done 
they weren't done in a year and a half or a year or whatever, you know? They were probably maybe a little bit wiser at when they announced it. So it looked like it didn't take so long to get out. Sure. I haven't talked to Ian about how long it took for the agnostic front doc to come out. I had him I had him on a while back and I think it was about I could be wrong, but I think he said he was working on it before he even said it was coming out for about four years. And there was exactly. so thank and, and you. there was and there was like a time maybe even earlier before that where it was mentioned and then they didn't do it and then it started again slowly with a couple of hiccups. So Exactly. Yeah. So when Bain agreed to this we never imagined it would take four years. I think it's coming up on four years now, almost. Like, I think, you know, like since, since we announced it, because this, this year will be four years since we broke up. I, six, I never imagined. Six years this Wednesday that Don't Wait Up came out. Right, yeah, exactly. You know, the, around the final show was, I think, you know, is when we announced the documentary. And, you know, at that time we were like, it'll never, you know, like it's, we just never even questioned it. We never thought it would take four years. And then there was a deal made because the guy, the guys that were doing the documentary recorded, were recording the last show. And then Sonny was recording the last show and they're all friends anyway, but there was kind of a gentleman's handshake that said, Hey, um, a lot of this stuff from the last show is going to be in the documentary. So, you know, Sonny, if you could not put this out until the doc's out, that would be awesome. You know, like, don't put the last, the final show out until the documentary's out. Year one of the, you know, year one reunion of the last show comes around and Sonny says, hey, I want to release the final show. It would be a perfect time to have it released. But there was this gentleman handshake made. And I had said to Sonny, well, let's just wait until the doc comes out. And he had said to me, dude, I know how long these document, like I know how long these documentaries take. It's going to take like four or five years. And at the time I was like, uh, like, no way. Like you're crazy. I had just said, just hold off on, on releasing the final show, please. Um, he said, okay, because we kind of have this agreement before, like, and not that, I mean, he's not going to go against anything that the, his, the bands that he's putting out are right. going to say anyway. But the point is, is that at the time he had kind of told me it was going to take four or five years. And I had said, that seems crazy. But here we are four years later. And it is just taking that long because it just takes that long to put a doc out. Right. You know, like there's. Do you have a status on it? Do you have any idea? <laughs> I have seen, I have seen it. I have seen it's it. It's done. It's done. The so I, done. the documentary is done. <laughs> I don't know if I should even release that info, but I don't Jesus care. The Nobody done. can do about it. <laughs> it's, it's done, but in the sense, like it's the editing is completed. Right. Like it, it's not. And so it's not, you, you work that long on a documentary. You're not just going to finish and be like, okay, let's put it on YouTube. Right. You know, like, like, you, you know, like, it, it, but I have seen a final, I should say a semi-final cut of it um, that we then sent back uh, kind of like, you know, our opinions on what needed to change and stuff like that. And then from what I understand, that is done as well. What's um, the working title for it? Holding These Moments. 
That's what I thought. Okay. Holding these moments is what the documentary is called. What I need everybody to understand is that we were terrified that this was going to be some weird, cheesy doc about, I don't know. We didn't know. We were very nervous about it. And when they sent it to us to proof, me and Bedard were actually the last ones to watch it. He sent it to like maybe 10 people that had been in the band or that were involved, you know, and, um, me and Bedard were the last ones to watch it. I was the last one to watch it out of anybody in the band. And it's because I was so nervous that I wasn't going to like it. I started seeing feedback within like the email chat that we had going about it. And then I finally got confident enough to, to sit down and watch it. I watched it with uh, Justin Nadeau, who does out of step, like, like he does like that, that Instagram, know, that just like, yeah. So I sat down with him and I said, I said, all right, let's, you want to watch this with me for the first time? And so, uh, we sat down and watched it and I was like, I, I don't know. I probably cried like four or five times through it. out of, out of, you know, how much I miss some things in it, you know, and then there's some emotional things in it, but then r- really how fucking well done it is. Wow. And I think, wh- I think when it comes out, kids are going to be like, all right, like I get it. Like I, that was worth waiting for because it's not, I don't think it's a documentary about a hardcore band. It's just a documentary about a band that maybe in the end didn't really want to break up, you know? And, um, and, and, and they interviewed us all, you know, there's hundreds of hours of interviews that they had to go through with, you know, from any, everyone from Scott Vogel to Toby H2O and, you know, from just everybody um, and a million friends that we have that go to shows. So they had to go through all that. But then as far as our interviews go, like we were never there for anybody else's interviews in the band, you know, like we're all, we're all by ourselves. <clears throat> and, um, yeah, it's just watching the final product. It was like, like, damn, this doc is like kind of sad. Like this yeah. is kind of an, an emotional, sad documentary. But, yeah. Um, I mean, so the doc is coming wait, out. I can't wait until that announcement, man. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I think it's, I think you're probably going to see something in the next month, I would think, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, a status update about it or, you know, or, or an actual release date. I don't, you know, I don't know, but I know it's like right there as far as the, as far as the final Bane show, I think I talked to Sonny. I, I did, I was out with code orange and did a thing down in, in, in uh, Pennsylvania, in Pittsburgh, maybe like right before this whole coronavirus thing hit, and Sonny was there to help with it. And I talked to him there, and he, as far as I understand, that final show is like in he's he's in that those like final editing stages of that as well. And <clears throat> you have he's he has all of the documentary guys' footage from the final shows, and his, which was like you know he had like three cameras set up, and then yeah. the doc guys doc guys had like eight cameras set up so sunny has tons of stuff to go through there as well um if it was up to sunny he would have had it out years ago 
I guess you can say that where Bain's kind of to blame why it hasn't gone, you know, come out yet because, you know, there was that, you know, agreement that, yeah. you know. Okay. Yeah, I had no that, idea. Yeah. And, um, and, and so, I, I don't know. I mean, what, what like, to us, it's like, what do kids really want to see the last? I mean, I don't know. To us, it's like, why do kids care about Bain for real still? But I think, um, they, I think they do. Yeah. We'll see how, we'll see how it goes when, when, uh, I don't know. I'll be, I'll be excited to see the final product from Sonny and then obviously the, the documentary. Sure. I, I'm excited. I'm excited for that as yeah. well. You know, and, uh, we'll see. I don't know. I have a, we, we do, we, we have a whole storage unit full of last show Bane merch stuff, like stuff that hasn't sold because we're literally like, well, nobody gives a fuck about Bane anymore. Like, like it's just Dude, like I, I need don't know. some of that. I, and you know what I? Need? You know what I need bad, and I kick myself in the ass because I saw it at the final show, and I'm like, "There's no way I'm buying that right now because it's going to get destroyed." So I'm going to take my chances, and of course they were all gone. Is the poster with all the lyrics? Dude, I can absolutely. I have like a hundred of them. I have like I have like a hundred of them. Yeah, you can. I can get you one so easy. Please, uh, uh, I got your phone number. I don't, yeah. care. I don't care how much you. I, I don't. I don't want it for nothing. I need that poster, dude. <laughs> I have been socks, though. I have been socks. There you go. See, <laughs> that was our that was our wacky end of our career thing. We had our you friend Anthony, your Our friend Anthony from California, who does all the ro- the rotting out stuff. He was like, he's like, yo, let's let's just get crazy and make some fun stuff. And so he's like, what would you like? What have you ever wanted? It's like sweatpants, socks, glasses, you know, like, I don't know, just hats that look like the Red Sox logo. Like, you know, like, like everything that came out wacky in the end was because of him. Cause he, he just knew where to get it made. We didn't know. Like we knew a, we knew a guy with a t-shirt press and it's like, you know, we'll just make shirts and, and a guy that can stitch some Bane hoods. But, um, yeah, I, I'll see. I'll see before I, if if I put that stuff up on the on a web store or something, I'll I'll hit you up and I'll be like, yo, this is all the randomness we have, and you just pick whatever you want. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Bro, I would. I don't care how much I say. Just send me a care package. I don't care. Yeah, I will. I just will throw random sure. shit in there. I don't care. Tell me how much you want. I don't care. I will. It'll be awesome. But, yeah. Hell yeah. Awesome. But we'll do. All right, now check it out. We're gonna um. Like I said earlier, but I don't know. I don't even know if I said it while we were recording. But this is going to go up, obviously, as a video and as an audio only. So, but on the audio, I'm going to put like my little podcast intro. And what I usually do is I ask somebody, I ask everybody who's in a band that I have on, "Do you want to end the audio version of this podcast with a Bane song of your choice?" I'll tack it on to the end. Um, do you have do you have a specific one that like like it's, it's like your favorite? I know you probably love all of them to one degree or the other, but is there one that just like I know that you love the ending of Both Guns Blazing? That, I mean, that's like yeah, that's I mean that's just a crazy chaotic song, you know that always stuck it. with me. Love yeah, it. man. Yeah, but yeah, it's Bane, it's up to you. Bane songs Bane, that I like. Bane songs that I loved were like some Bane songs that kids, you know, Bane's like songs like Pot Committed. I was or, you know, uh, so crazy. I was just going to say that because you guys played that at the final show. I was like, holy shit. Yeah. But those are like, those are like songs that like, 
the deep cuts. Yeah, man. And it's not that deep. It's not as deep oh, as yeah. some of the other ones, but those are like super emotional songs for me. And um, yeah, I don't know. Like, so those are like, that's like one of my favorite songs. I mean, emotional, like emotionally, like just songs like Calling Hours and Wrong Planet, uh, stuff like that. Like those, those are like the songs that, you know, my, my emo side really gets, yeah. you know? Listen, but, man, um, you have to have emotions, bro. Just because you're hardcore doesn't mean you can't have emotions, <laughs> dude, bro. No, I don't, I bet I've cried on stage more than, than Sunny Day Real Estate ever did. Like, <laughs> I'm not, you know, like, I'm not, a, I'm not someone that's trying to be a tough guy at all and say, I don't right. like, it's just silly. Like, I'll, I'll go watch Fiona Apple and my friend will look at me and be like, God, you're crying again, dude. Like, what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> like, like, what do you want, man? It's, it's like, I don't know. It's what I'm here. It's the release is what I'm here for. That's it. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, pick, pick whatever. I don't care. No, it's your, you it's your call. It's your choice. It's not about me, Zach. Don't go off of the note. That's what I want. Don't go off of the note that was released in 2005. Yep, 2005. All right. Sounds like a plan. Yeah, man, dude, I had I had so much fun. I know, I know, you're trying to get off of here. So no, I'm not like, trying. Let's, I'm, not, uh, I'm not trying to get no, off I'm not, at all. I'm not, I'm not. I'm not saying that, but um, like, I mean, I, you know, let's do this again because we didn't get into crazy stories or any of that kind of stuff. And I'm yeah. I'm down to do it. You know? Dude, whatever you want to do, I'm down. I'm easy. You have my contacts. You have my number. We have this, even though there's a crazy fucking pandemic going on. If yeah. once it, once it all blows over, hopefully sooner rather than later, maybe we'll just meet up face to face. Or if you want, we could do this again any time you want. All right, Thanks. I would love it. I, I am in New York City on different tours all the time. So let's just let's just do it. Sometimes those days are hectic, but right. I'm always down to hang for a couple hours and just talk. Awesome, dude. And now right. I, now I'll do that. You know the the obvious stuff like you know. It, you know, Bane, you can find them on Instagram at Bane Central, you know, mm -hmm. just on Instagram. I mean, on Facebook, you know, it's, you know, there's not Bane, the Batman character. Was it Superman or Batman? Batman. Batman. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Batman. I get confused. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's not, it's not really my world. But, uh, nah, but yeah, um, there's a Silent Drive band Instagram page. Is there yeah. a Bane Twitter page or no? I think there probably is a Bane Twitter page, but I don't think it's ever, it probably hasn't been posted on it. We're old, man. We're all old as balls. And so like, right. you know, like, like I'm, I'm becoming my parents where it's like, yeah. we, we don't know the cool stuff, man. I don't know what Twitch is and stuff I, like that. Yeah. So, no, me, I don't know either. I'm on the three of them just to promote my stuff. And that's, that. I get it. If we, if we were, I don't know, I can't even say if we were a full-time band, we'd, we'd be more active, but cause we never were then either. Right. Yeah. It's all good. But, uh, yeah, man. Yeah. So absolutely. First of all, I'm glad, even though under the circumstances, I'm glad that we actually had this, you know, I, lo I loved it. I loved it. I'm Dude. sorry. Sorry if I kind of feel like I went off on a million tangents. That, that's what happens here all the time. Yeah. And all the stuff. Like I said, the only thing I have notes for is the Tokyo release thing. Cause that, I, yeah. I can't wrap my head around the times and yeah. So that was the only thing I don't have any other notes. So it's off the cuff. Cool. And you got you got four other people to interview, and you'll get different stories from all of them. So. Which I'm looking forward to. Yeah, uh, this this yeah. Thursday I'm recording with James. Monday is Bedard. Dahlback. Uh, Bobby said he's down. I just have to nail down a date and a time. And Aaron uh, uh, Dahlback. I already have this flyer done, but we just have to nail down a time. So cool. once I drop this one, 
it's going to be five weeks. So people are listening to this and they don't know yet. They didn't see my post. It's going to be five weeks of bang talk. Oh, you poor bastards. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it's a long time coming. Almost five years gone, five weeks of bang talk for the people. I, I mean, you. I hope you understand that, like, we don't, like, this is not, been like we don't since the band's broken up i don't even know if we anybody in the band has done any kind of interviews or anything like that and and like awesome. not like not that you know like so it, it was quite a task for you to actually get us to come out of our caves and listen, do this listen, so. i thank you because you're the one that put the the idea out there because because i had reached out to Dahlbeck as well before we even confirmed doing this and he's like, yeah, dude, you know, to talk about his new, you know, his new band, Be Well and stuff like that. He's like, yeah, dude, I would love to. Because years ago, honestly, like two years ago, we were going back and forth as well. Just geography and life takes over. Yeah, and it just, just never happened. So I reached out back to him and he's down. And then you were down. And I posted a little coming soon as Dahlbeck. And then you were like, maybe you just you know, get Bedard on. Next thing you know, I have all five of you guys in a row. <laughs> dude, LA. I, so I thank you. Awesome. Yeah, no problem. I'm very interested to see how, what they say. So am I. <laughs> <laughs> like I hate, I hate Zach. <laughs> I, I, I find out find out about some secret reunion behind my back. Uh, I don't know about all that. <laughs> Zach, yeah. thank you so much, man. Listen, stay thank safe, you. healthy out there, and my condolences. I know that you. Oh, man. You know my. Yeah, thank thank you so much. I think that's why "Don't Go" is a good song to end this with, just because. Okay. Lyrically, lyrically, that's probably one of my, you know, emo it's just such an emotional song about loss. So, okay, that's it. All for my grandmother. Yes. Receive and my condolences again. Thank you, brother. Zach, yeah. I'll talk to you soon, man. And listen, I, yeah. and I swear I'm gonna hit you up about that fucking poster. Dude, do it. You, but you have to do it. That's the thing. Don't like you have to twice. remind me. Well, I'm already going to do it. I'm going to text you. <laughs> <and just go. laughs> I love it. My, my ADD brain is like, we'll forget in two days. So. Awesome. Remind dude. me. Awesome. Thank All you right. so I love much. you, man. Thank you so I love much. You too, brother. All right. Later. I'll see you. Later. Bye. Bye.